Thank you very much. Morning, everyone. Can I be a bit cheeky and just ask for a chair up front, if that's all right, please? Could I please have a chair up on stage, if that's all right? Don't get worried or anything. I just, yeah. Thank you, Paul. Thank you very much. Shall we pray together? Father, we want to just say a big thank you to you for your great love for us. Thank you that this love is steadfast. Thank you for your faithfulness towards us. Thank you that you, you came down to earth. You came to find us. And you brought us into your family. Uh, thank you that we stand forgiven and free because of you, Jesus. And this morning, Jesus, we want to say it's you we proclaim. It's not about us. It's you we proclaim, Jesus. We love you. We love you with all our hearts. And I just ask that you'd help me this morning as I, I serve your church. I pray, God, that you make me a channel of a blessing to your people. I pray that you'd come and encourage and, and rebuild and strengthen. And then just, Father, speak to the hearts of your people. Would you come and work amongst us? Amen. It's a real uh, privilege to get to speak to you again this morning. Um, my, my heart is stirred by a noble theme this morning, and it's about the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. This gospel that Paul says, what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ Jesus died according to the scriptures. And then he goes on and he says, and he was buried, and that he rose from the dead on the third day according to the, to the scriptures. It is this gospel that has saved the many of us here. And I particularly felt stirred when I came in for uh, the carols, uh, carols by candlelight, was it? Yes, I, I watched those three testimonies that our friends shared, and I sat there thinking, these are such powerful testimonies. On the one hand, I could identify with each one of them. I knew them if I hadn't even spoken to them. I knew them by face. I said, no, I know that one. I know that one. And I know that one. And I was so aware that God's power had been at work in each one of them. And it really got me thinking. We cannot deny the power of God at work in us. We cannot deny that. I just sat there thinking, Lord, praise you for that one, and that one, and that one. And this morning, I, I want to speak to us on the simple subject of telling your Jesus story. That's what I'm calling it, telling your Jesus story. And my aim is that at the end of this morning's session, we will be encouraged again to step out and tell people our very own personal testimonies, because they are such powerful tools when it comes to reaching others. You basically sitting with somebody and telling them how Jesus saved you. And ultimately, for those who do not yet have a relationship with the Lord Jesus, you can also begin to ask some questions and seriously consider jumping on board the bandwagon. So if you got your Bibles with me, please stand to Mark chapter 5. I want to tell us a story and then basically just draw some lessons between the story and then our own salvation story. And so Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. Sorry, Paul, you said about finishing at a quarter past. But I, yeah, so. No, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to do an hour or anything. I just want us to be sure. Yeah. Uh, Mark chapter 5. Or six hours or anything. I will stick to 20 minutes. 
Um, yeah, children, the adults are with us this morning, so just bear that in mind. Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5 from verse 1. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasins. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice. What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large head of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, Send us among the pigs. Allow us to go into them. He gave them permission. And the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The head, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. Sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man, and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. Verse 18. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him. But said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. I want to start off uh, telling us this story in a slightly different way. I want to do a bit of a a reverse chronology of events. So like sometimes in movies, they will give you the end bit of the movie and then they kind of like would replay from the beginning. So if we just keep the the Bible passage on. So I'd like to do that. Maybe if we could please have verses 18 to 20, uh, that would be great. So this man obviously had encountered Jesus and the Bible tells us that Jesus had cast out the impure spirit from him. In this man's heart, What he really wanted to do was to follow Jesus and go with Jesus. But the Bible says to us that when he asked Jesus if he could come with him, Jesus turned round and said to him, no, you you can't come with me, but I want you to go back to your family. I want you to go tell them what God has done for you. I want you to tell them 
how God has had mercy on you. Effectively, Jesus was saying, go tell people out there your Jesus story. And for me, the first thing that comes to mind is, but this man had no training. He had only just encountered Jesus. If you consider the disciples, they had been with Jesus for quite a while. And so when Jesus sends them out, you could look back and say, at least they had spent time with Jesus. But with this guy, it was a brief encounter. Yet Jesus stands to him and says to him, go tell them how much God has done for you. And it suddenly struck me That maybe for Jesus, he felt that that encounter was enough. All the man needed to do was to go say to people, I was like this, I encountered Jesus, and this is what he did for me. And I feel that God will want to challenge us as a church, that particularly as we step into the new year, he will give us opportunities. And he wants us to, like scripture says, Not live as unwise, but as wise and take advantage of every opportunity to chip in their uh, Jesus stories. So this morning, I'm going to play the role of who I'm going to call Tombs Man. And then effectively, I am going to tell you my story. Is that okay? So I I hope I can have a seat now. And um, the assumption is that I am at work. I am speaking to my colleagues at work. An opportunity comes up for me to tell my Jesus story. And remember, I am the man who lived in the tomb. So we'll take it from there. You want to know my story? Well, I will tell you. I I used to have an impure spirit living on the inside of me. Well, actually... This spirit controlled my every move, every decision, every choice. I had no control over. And the the, the sad part was that I actually lived in a place with just dead people. I lived amongst tombs. Who wants to live there anyway? Oftentimes, I was chained, hands and feet. Occasionally, I would break them because nobody wanted me near them, but I wanted to be near them. They would take me back there, chain me again, broke them often. But for me, the saddest bit was the fact that I constantly cut myself with stones. And as you can see, I've got some scars on my hands. I cut myself often. It was quite tormenting. It was a very, very, very difficult time of my life. Well, then you know something exciting happened. One day, this man called Jesus suddenly appeared from nowhere. And in an instant, there was a sense that he had power to cast out this impure spirit. So I found myself kneeling before him. And this man, Jesus, speaking some words of life over me. In an instant, I felt free. I felt like I had come back to my senses. And in fact, for a long time, I didn't wear any clothes. But suddenly there was a sense, you need to get some clothes on. And I felt free, not just on the outside, but in my heart and in my mind. This man, Jesus, set me free. 
And I walk here before you freely forgiving. I walk here before you as one who is loved by God. It is an amazing story. But you see, brothers and sisters, I want to say to us that many of us have a story just like this one. We can have the slides now, please. For this man, the first thing I want to just bring to light is the fact that he had a past. All right? He had, this man had a past. Tomb's man had a past. And his past was this. It wasn't an exciting one. I don't know why you would want to cut yourself with stones. I don't want to do that. But the Bible says to us that oftentimes he would cut himself with stones. I don't even want to hit myself. I don't want to do that. But clearly, there was a different spirit at work. Now, if you are thinking, that couldn't possibly be me. I want to say to you, well, this is what the Bible says to us in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. The Bible says to us, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Also, 1 Corinthians 6 verse 11a says to us, and that is what some of you were after Paul has shed light on the fact that, you know, the unholy would not inherit the kingdom of God. He says, and that is what some of you were. So this man didn't just have a past, but we who have come to know Jesus Christ also, at one point in time, we had a past. We all had a past, just like this man. The next thing we discover from this story is the fact that Tomb's man encountered Jesus. And I, I love that. I remember as a 17-year-old feeling like I was on top of the world, you know. I kind of like had the world all around me and all that. And Jesus just helping me see it really wasn't about this or that or that, but it was actually about having a living relationship with him. I still remember vividly. It was final year, secondary school. We went in for this worship meeting. The gospel was proclaimed. And I just knew in that moment that there was a need for me to surrender I just knew in that moment there was a need for me to come to Jesus and say, I cannot do it. I really need you to come and deal with my sin. I really need you to come into my life and change me. I really need you to give me your very own life. And guess what? Jesus came into my heart. And I have never been the same since. And I know that many of us here have similar stories. So even though we had a past... Again, for those who have come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, we can also say we have encountered Jesus. For some of you, it was in a meeting like this. For some of you, it was on Alpha. For others, it was one-on-one. For some people, it was as you connected with some family member. But you can say that you have actually had an encounter with Jesus. So this man had an encounter with Jesus, brothers and sisters, so have we? And this is what the Bible says to us. Same Ephesians 2 from 3, it says, sorry, from verse 4, it says, But because of the great love, God's great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. 
it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. We have come to know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians also says to us, but you were washed. 1 Corinthians 6, 9-11. But you were washed and you were sanctified and you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of God. We have come to know Jesus. And then Titus chapter 3, it says to us from verse 4, when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. So we have a past. We have encountered Jesus. Number three, with Tom's man, Jesus commissioned him. Jesus said, go tell your family. Go tell them what God has done for you. Go and tell them. Tell them what your experience of God is. Go share with them. And when you read Matthew chapter 28, Jesus commissions us as well. He says, go make disciples. Effectively, go tell them your Jesus story. Go tell them how much God loves them. Go tell them what your experience of God is. Go tell them what you have come to know of God. Tell them, tell them the good news of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Tell them, tell them how much God loves them and how much God wants to have a relationship with them. Tell them the, the, the whole problem of sin. Tell them the fact that they cannot deal with that on their own. But there's a Savior who is able to make a way for them to come through. Go tell them your Jesus story. And I feel God would want to underline that for us. Let's not just talk about the weather. It's all right to talk about the weather. But I feel that as God gives us opportunities, let's be ever so sensitive to God saying, this is an opportunity for you to chip something in about your story. And each one of us has a story. Certainly, if you have come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, you do have a story. And God will want to say to us, Go share your story with others. At work, God will give you opportunities. In the supermarkets, God will give you opportunities. As you meet with people one-on-one, God will give you opportunities. I want to just say to us, don't try to push the gospel down people's throats. It doesn't really work that way. So we don't go out thinking, yes, 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 I'm going to tell my story. You better come and listen to my story. No, it doesn't work that way. Look out for opportunities God will give you. So I remember one time I was having a chat with a colleague. We were just talking about everyday stuff. And then he made a comment about truth. And I knew his definition of truth wasn't what the Bible says truth is. So instantly I said to him, hey, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. What is your definition of truth? How would you define truth? And for me, it became a teaching point to chipping the gospel. He didn't get saved or anything But it was an opportunity for me to go in there. And I feel God will give us, you know, opportunities like that. And he wants us to just step in and do that. Just finish off. Because the plan wasn't to go on too long. God says, go and tell your story. 
Well, how should we do this practically? Because oftentimes we, we, we struggle. We don't know how to do Just a few practical tips I want to give us. Just to go back to those testimonies we watched again and to say they were amazing. I completely loved just watching those guys share and just tell their stories. And I feel that for starters, for some of you, you could actually write out your testimony, a bit about your past. You don't have to put your name on it. A bit about your past, how you encountered Jesus, and then your life now effectively. You could create a simple tract. You could have those with you in your bag or in your purse and every now and then give them out to people to read because we read other people's testimonies, don't we? So I guess we could also produce our own testimonies. You could leave a couple in there. People could pick them up and they could read. The other thing you could do practically, I have actually touched on that, is to actually engage people in conversation and tell them your story. And I want to say to us, be prepared for people to say, I will not have any of that. Be prepared for people to actually build bridges or blocks or, you know, walls around them and say, I am not having any of that. Be prepared for that. But still, in love, try to push and share your story. How can we do this practically? Well, I want to just give us a few tips as I I finish off. I want to say to us that You could start off by establishing some kind of friendship. Get to know the person for starters. In some situations, there wouldn't be that much time. But especially if it's a work colleague, you could start off by building a friendship. So trust is in there. And then slowly, you could chip your story in there. You could start off with friendships. Another thing you could do practically is to actually invite them. So Alpha, Alpha is starting in January next year, isn't it? You could actually invite them to come to an Alpha, encourage them and say, look, there's this, there's this thing going on at church. You could actually come in and ask all the questions you want to. Would you like to come along? If possible, say to them, I will come with you if you want me to. So you could invite them. You could obviously invite them into the Sunday morning meeting, six o'clock church, or for our friends who are launching in Bexhill, you could also seriously consider, you know, going out and then inviting people to come in and share your stories with them. And for those who have no relationship with a savior and are listening to me this morning, I want to say to you that we are not alone in this universe. There's a personal God who stands behind all things and he's waiting and he's longing to have a relationship with you. There's a God who loves you. There's a God who cares about you. There's a God who wants to bring you into his family. There's a God who knows your name. There's a God who's got a great plan for you. There's a God who wants to to save you from sin and bring you into his family. It's a God who wants to give you his very life. And he loves you. And as I finish off this morning, I really just want to underline that again. That if you don't as yet have a relationship with the Lord Jesus, and you've been like tombs, man, you're grappling with sin, you can't do anything about it. Well, the truth is that on your own, you cannot deal with the problem of sin. 
You can't do it on your own. But God so loved you that he sent his son into our world that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You can have a Jesus story as well. You can come to know our Savior. You can come to know him. And I just would want to encourage you, when the meeting finishes, you can come to the front and speak to Paul or myself. Just come and have a chat. If you really would like to know a bit more about this, just come and have a chat. Don't leave this place the same. Don't leave without raising those questions or having that chat. If you're here like that, just do come to the front and have a chat. I just would like to pray for us as I finish. Father God, I I just thank you for the many Jesus stories that you have given us. Stories about your faithfulness. Stories about your goodness. Stories about your kindness. Stories about your mercy. I thank you, Father God, that we indeed cannot deny your power at work in us. And I just want to pray, Father God, that you will just bring a real sense of launching your church out again today. That we will step out and begin to tell our Jesus stories. I pray this for every man and every woman and every child who has come to the saving knowledge of our Lord and Jesus Savior I just ask, oh God, that you will just really breathe freshness. You would breathe newness over us. I pray, Father God, for those who have felt like they cannot speak, that, Father Lord, you would bring boldness, that you would bring a sense of God is with you, (laughs) that you would make each one of us a voice wherever we are. I really want to ask that, Father, will be those who tell others about you. We would not hold back in any way. And as you open doors before us, may we walk through them in faith and declare the goodness and the power and the mercy and the grace and the kindness of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And Lord, I just want to pray that as we, yes, just step into this new year, I really want to pray that it will be an attitude of us being an army, An attitude of us just marching on and just really taking one person at a time and bringing them into your kingdom. I thank you, the Holy Spirit. You are the one who empowers us. You're the one who works through us. You're the one who just goes ahead of us and prepares the hearts of people for us to engage with. Uh, I just just had a word. I just want to share that uh, quickly, if that's okay. And then then I promise I'll stop. uh, this Christmas carol that we often sing, uh, I just remember the line, uh, prepare, prepare him room. I honestly don't remember the carol, but that line, prepare him room, I just felt that God will say to us, church, that he wants us to, to prepare room for him in our hearts and in our lives. And I was reminded of the story of the woman of Shunem uh, who engaged the prophet. The prophet Elisha would often stop over when he came to visit But she suddenly realized that he was a man of God. And then she said to her husband, why don't we actually prepare a room in the house for him, for when he comes to stay? And so anytime the prophet was there, he actually stayed in with them. And I'm sure many of us know the story. But God will say, 
Prepare room for him in your hearts, in your lives. Make room for him. Be deliberate about creating room for him in your hearts and in your lives. Amen. God bless you. Yeah.